Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Stop Crying podcast. I am here with my friend, Kate. She is going to introduce herself, and we're going to be talking about uh, cycle awareness, which is this concept that I actually never thought about until I met her, and how it can be used to enhance your relationship and to essentially like align your your work and your relationships and everything you're doing with your cycle. So uh, we're going to let Kate kind of explain a little bit more about what she does and what this thing is called cycle awareness. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. So my name is Kate and I am a um, certified somatic coach, but I like to call myself a feminine embodiment guide. I love working with women and um, cycle awareness is only a part of what I do, but in my own uh, healing journey, it was one of the most powerful ways that I was able to reconnect with my body and reconnect with my femininity. Um, and what it is really is just surrendering to the fact that we are cyclic beings. We, um, a lot of our conditioning growing up and, you know, in schooling, is that we are in this very masculine world where we're to maintain the same level of productivity or the same, you know, um, level of energy when it comes to fitness or in relationships, the same amount of sex drive. Um, it really impacts everything. And yet on a physical level, our bodies are shifting throughout the month. And, um, you know, there's a lot of shame and, and blame and guilt that's uh, connected with that because whether it's society or whether it's ourselves, there's that pressure to maintain. And so um, when we're able to bring more awareness to our natural cycles, we can um, disarm some of that, all that icky stuff and really just get back in flow with what our, our bodies are, are naturally meant to do and, and thrive because we are doing the kind of exercise and, and self-care and, you know, um, socializing in times that are aligned with our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And it really blew my mind. And I feel like this conversation is really coming to the, this, the conversation of cycle awareness is coming to the surface with like TikTok and reels now, because there's a lot of this like feminine power, like bubbling up around cycles. Because mm -hmm. when I, like you said, society really kind of like belittles this and makes us as girls feel icky about it. Because I know when I started to get my period, it was like, I couldn't wait for it to stop. Like, I was just like, would get yeah. so anxious about the fact that I was going to have to deal with this for like, like my entire life, because I just felt so icky around it. And so got mm -hmm. to the point where when I could, and I started using birth control and the doctor started saying you could skip periods. I literally have skipped periods for the last 10 years of my life. And so I'm mm -hmm. curious talking to you, if you have any like background on like the effects of like how having your cycle gives you more power, because now that I've been off of birth control for a year now, I feel better I feel the ebbs and flows more than I did, but I feel so much more myself. Yeah, I think that's that's just it. Is it's getting back to your nature, right? You're you're feeling more yourself because you're 
um, aware of the different ebbs and flows and the different um, energy levels that happen throughout the month. So um, to answer your question, I guess with when it comes to kind of that stigma around, especially the winter season, um, what we don't realize is that a lot of us have this resistance to rest. It feels, especially as business owners, it feels very strange to, to rest and also to ask for support. That's something that also a lot of us as women are kind of conditioned against. We're, we're thinking that we need to do everything on our own and, and be able to, you know, handle all of the things. And sometimes in, especially in our winter season, it just all feels like too much. And so, um, the most powerful things I actually look forward to my winter season now. And I, I was in the same boat as you, I, I really dreaded them um, before I was able to adjust to my lifestyle around my, my cycle. Um, but because I would arrive in burnout a lot in, in my winter season, but now it, I really enjoy it because I take that opportunity to rest um, guilt-free and the impact of that is that I'm able to then show up in my spring season, which is the, you know, pre-ovulatory and then the ovulation just phase with all of my energy. And so what we're not realizing is that that uh, winter season, and I, I might be confusing people by saying the winter season, I'm talking about inner, inner seasons. I just want to make that clear before I go on. Um, so we have, you know, it's, I'm not talking about the temperature outside. I'm talking about our inner seasons. We have four seasons, um, the winter season being your, your uh, menstrual cycle. Um, and so uh, when we are able to rest during that winter season, it impacts the entire season to come. And so um, there's actually so much benefit to rest because that rest time gives us the energy we need in our productive phases. So that little shift for me was huge because um, it gave me that permission to rest because I realized that I needed it in order to fuel me. Yeah. So what do you recommend as far as how long, obviously it's based on what a person, uh, what's right for them, but like our, when winter season is what a week or explain what the season um, like really look like and how long they kind of go. Yeah. Well, they range in days. I, it, it does. It depends. Like every there, they say the typical cycle, like if you go on those tracking apps, which I highly recommend, by the way, I use flow just to track my cycle. That's step number one is just start tracking to see how long your cycle typically is. Um, and to start to recognize those patterns, um, and uh, it's, I can't really tell you an exact day, but there are, you know, a range of days that you can look up and, um, you know, start to start to notice the patterns. But the average is 28 days. It can go from 22 up to 35 days. Those are all normal, um, you know, timeframes for, for a cycle. And um, just tracking gives you the opportunity of kind of recognizing those common, um, symptoms. And, and that's when you kind of start to recognize what season you're in. Um, so it's different for everyone. And, um, the, the reason it's important to track your, where you're at is 
um, like I mentioned early on, the things that you do as far as exercise goes or your, your social activities or even the food you're eating, um, you'll want to adjust based on kind of where your hormones are at and what your body is, is craving. So I'm not going to do a high intensity workout in, in uh, my winter season and, and burn myself out when like a slow yoga flow might be much more aligned for me. So it's all about just really um, tracking number one with, you can do that with a simple app and then starting to kind of write down what your symptoms are and to see if there's those common themes um, and recognize how you can maybe counteract that in, in cycles to come, like adjusting your workout, adjusting what you're eating, adjusting this kind of social pressures you're putting on as well. Um, there's different things that are things that are better to do in certain seasons. So, you know, in, in your spring and summer is when you want to be planning, uh, you know, podcast interviews or, um, you know, nights out with the girls or a date night with your partner as well. Like th those are all things that are ideal for that. So it's really, um, like I, I think I mentioned as well, it's become a lifestyle for me. Like I literally plan my life around my, um, cycle and, it just feels so much more aligned. It feels like me. I feels like um, I'm letting my body lead and um, it makes things a lot more easier to, uh, to manage. Yeah. You hit on so many good points. I'm going to try to remember all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is like tracking your cycle. That was something I actually hired a coach for this and I bought one of the thermometers because while I okay. can like feel my way through it, it actually took me like six months to finally be able to like feel more of the different phases. Yeah. And you could see it when you track your temperature because it stays really low and then it goes higher when you ovulate and then it drops again when you're menstruating. And mm. It was just, it's, you like roll out, over out of bed, take your temperature, which is really awkward. And it's becomes a whole habit, just like it was for me taking the pill every night. But that way I can like see it and it helps with avoiding pregnancy, 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 there's the word and all yeah. the other things. Um, but yeah, that was really empowering. It was crazy how empowering tracking the cycle was yeah. yeah, and just having that knowledge. And it, now that I've done it, I'm like, why wasn't this taught to me when I was 15? Like this should just be yeah. like a thing we do to empower ourselves because when we know we like know uh the other thing you mentioned on was like exercise and this is something that I struggle with a lot because my boyfriend's like really fit and he lifts really heavy and so I've been like going and like getting stronger and then I find during the winter season I'm just like so tired and he's like why are you being so lazy today and I'm like I don't know like I'm trying, but I literally just can't. And so it can be really hard to give myself grace and be yeah. like, but last week I felt amazing. And this week I'm just like, oh, I want to, don't yeah. even want to go. So there could be a lot of guilt involved. Like definitely. Yeah. But the thing is with that awareness now, if you know, you're, you know, approaching or in your winter season, you know, that that energy is going to come back. So it's also empowering in a sense that, you know, your rhythms, you know, you know, that it's going to pass and that the best thing, it doesn't mean you can't exercise. I mean, I always recommend that you're exercising because that's going to make your body feel good to move. 
um, but you're going to move it in a different way. And the great thing about tracking the, um, like when you get, and I was going to say too, it takes time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not going to, in the first month that you're going to start to recognize the pattern. It takes, um, dedication, but it's, it's a gift that once you get it, once you recognize those shifts within your body, it's for life. And, um, the, uh, thing I wanted to mention that I teach in my courses is really those transitional times that are so key because, especially there are certain times like when we're coming from our um, inner summer season. So we're in ovulation where we're spring and summer meet. Um, that's when we're in ovulation. And so after in during our summertime is when we're like the most productive, we're feeling like on top of the world, like, and some people that are in burnout cycles and that don't have that haven't adjusted yet. They might not. I have some women who come to me. They're like, I only feel good for like two days out of the month. That might be where you're at right now, but you know, eventually it can, it can lead up to like a week where you're feeling like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go. But the thing we have to be careful for is that we might be so such high vibe that we're saying yes to everything, not aware that the fall is just around the corner and the winter season just around the corner. And then we kind of arrive there and we're like, Oh, like something shifted. And so it's, it's just important to have that global awareness and, um, to, to really be aware of those transition times, because, you know, in that fall, we got to kind of shift gears and slow down and start to really like prioritize what's actually important for me to get done. And what can I start to um, let go of? So they're all connected and it's, it's equally important to, you know, show up in, in each phase and, and, and give your body what it needs so that it can just kind of flow into the next. And that at the end you feel you're, you're still exercising, you're eating right. You're, you know, doing like showing up for all the people in your life in an energy that feels authentic and, and, uh, you, you're carrying just a ton of compassion for yourself and others. Cause, uh, you're, you're able to be in that energy. You're no longer in that burnt out kind of, and it, I know that you love to talk about relationships. Um, if I go into, I could, you know, I, you know, I'm passionate about this. I could just keep going. But one thing I will say too, is, um, it's so important in a relationship to that. Your partner is aware of your cycles because comments like, Oh, why are you being so lazy? I know they might not mean anything like, um, you know, might not trying to, to, to be hurtful, but with that awareness of you being in your winter season, he would then know, okay, this week Keely is going to take it easy, but next week we'll be able to continue on. So it's important to have that awareness and, um, equally like when in that, that spring and summer, like approaching that ovulation phase is like planning date nights and things like that. So that your partner can look forward to that as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. you better believe my husband has like same the flow app and he's got like everything everything's uh, scheduled <laughs> he does like he actually yeah. like has it on his phone yeah he does he sometimes he reminds me even he's like oh uh you know maybe we should plan a date night next week or whatever and so it's cute but oh, um so cute yeah my my boyfriend actually is aware of these things but I don't think he's aware of like what goes on internally as far as like my energy levels because normally I like traditionally I'm like very masculine and like powering through everything but now I'm starting to feel the effects of that and I'm like okay I need to realize that this is a time 
for rest because when launching a business and all these things, it's just like, there's no time for that. Yeah. And, uh, but he's one of the first boyfriends I've had that doesn't make me feel icky about the cycle because again, growing up, it just felt like, like everyone was just like, Oh, girls are bleeding. And like, that was always just like such a shameful thing. And so to have a partner that like has two teenage daughters and yeah. like it's more like interested in, and also he's very Catholic. And so with Catholics, they're all into the natural family planning. And so he really does like keep a t- mental note of it, but yeah, it's just going to take it need taking yeah. a step further and being like, during this week, it's like, I really just can't, like, I just can't yeah. powering on. Yeah. And these are my best, best practices instead. So it's just knowing for yourself too, like having that personalized, because it, again, it's different for everybody. Like when I've had, um, you know, in my, my program, I always have like this one-on-one session with my clients where we really figure out their game plan because I can't, I can come on here and suggest certain things, but it might not be, um, the same for, for the next woman. So Yeah. And what do you recommend, like, as far as when you're in a relationship, how should we communicate with our partners, these things, especially when it can feel really scary and like taboo and talk about it? What do you recommend as far as that? No. And I I think that men, some, because of their conditioning, they really reject, they don't want to know, right. It's like, that's your stuff. But I think it's just leading into like the benefits, um, like, they're always going to be happy when it comes to like you wanting to connect with them on a physical level. So it's just like, you know, explaining to them that there are certain times when you're going to feel more inclined to do so. Um, and times we're going to need a little bit more space and that with that space, you're going to be able to show back up with, you know, even more energy and, and love and attention for them. So that's kind of like, the the one that got my husband on board first it's just like listen I want I want to be better for you I want us to be better in our communication in order for to do that these are my needs like I need space during this week I need you know to to go out with my friends this week um you know and um so it's just it, it really comes down to you understanding your needs first and then being able to consciously communicate them which is easier said than done but um yeah, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot of benefits for relationship and, um, for them, there's a lot, a lot in it for them. <laughs> so there's usually they're pretty, uh, pretty quick to, uh, to, to, to listen or to want to listen when, when they hear you're going to be more willing to be intimate and things like that. Yeah. And, and it's, that makes you as women, we're more empowered because there's a lot of talk around like low libido and women, all this stuff. But a lot of yeah. it is just when you're aware of your cycle and when you naturally want to do those things, then you can communicate with them because I've had boyfriends in the past be like, oh, you're just like, don't have a sex drive or whatever. But it mm-hmm. was just because I was in a part of a cycle where it was like, I'm just not interested in that right now. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And there's also that like when I say I'm a feminine embodiment coach, it's not that I disregard um, masculine energy. There's a lot of space for masculine energy, but it's more that we're kind of in that imbalance um, a lot of the time in our society. And so it's like kind of bringing a little bit more imbalance back to that, that feminine energy and um, 
when you do that, you're going to feel more of that kind of sensuality start to come up. And there's just a lot more that opens up in that space. And especially when you are able to have more of that awareness with your womb space, just through your cycle awareness, it's uh, yeah, energetically, even it opens up a lot more um, to, to explore when it comes to that kind of more feminine side of yourself. So what are some, we'll kind of switch gears since you opened that conversation, but what are some strategies that women can try to lean into like the feminine energy and embodiment? Well, as far as movement practices go, I think that just spending more time moving your hips, like there's a lot of emotions and trauma that are stored in our hips. And so just kind of taking the time to connect with that space, um, I love dancing. Like you'll see me dancing all the time. Like if I do a little TikTok or something, um, just to encourage that like fun feminine flow, like that's, that's something that, um, you can kind of use also to explore like what some of your blocks may be and, and, and how deep those kind of limiting beliefs are when it comes to like, being in that feminine space. Cause a lot of us are even afraid I was in the beginning. Like, um, I remember like four or five years ago when I was starting these kind of deeper feminine practices and just simple things like looking at yourself in the mirror as well, looking at your body, if not, even if you're doing a, a naked practice, but just looking at yourself in the mirror. Um, these are all things that are important to start to, to disarm or to bring to awareness some of the stories that are holding you back from being in your full ex full expression as a, a woman and and to embrace and celebrate your, your your femininity and your sensuality your sexuality it's all it's all connected but uh, it starts with kind of how we see ourselves and how we feel in our bodies so um yeah, I would say movement, like getting a lot of that stuck energy. If you can, can move your hips as much as possible. Um, there's also like some shaking meditations that I love to do in um, my fall season. Cause I find a lot of the, the women I speak to, that's the hardest season for them is that fall, like the PMS uh, syndrome is like super intense for them. And so um, just kind of like shaking it out and bouncing around. That's, that's a really great way to start to, to move that stuck energy and just kind of like release through the body. Have you ever tried belly dance? I haven't tried belly dance. No, I've tried pole dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I was not, it's not for me. I have a whole new respect for <laughs> but yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I've never tried it, but it's, it looks like it would be like really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of strength. You need a lot of strength for sure. Your yeah. arms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've done a few belly dance lessons and they're actually really fun. I recommend them, but they talk. I about know you're in, way. you do dancing, right? You do dance. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's an amazing way to be in your feminine, like creative flow. Yeah. Cause you basically just have to, you just follow, like you just have to like be guided and be willing to be guided. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Really fun. Well, what about, um, what are some signs that, that you're stuck in too much masculine energy? How does that present itself? I don't know if I'd frame it as like in masculine energy. I always, it's more in like 
signs of burnout for me because I guess it is kind of one in the same, like when you are feeling burnt out, it's because you've been pushing yourself yeah. too much. And so signs of burnout, like I have some clients who are completely missing their periods and because their, um, their cortisol, their stress hormones probably have impacted. Um, so yeah, things like that, not, not insomnia, um, just generally not feeling connected with your body, feeling numb, um, feeling really uncomfortable with things like, um, moving your hips, like, and, and playing and being creative, like that's our natural states. Right. And when we've been so much in the doing, and especially as, as mothers or entrepreneurs and like, work mode or, or, um, you know, all the responsibilities of a household, we can kind of forget to play. And so, um, yeah, lots of, uh, if you're feeling numb, like basically how I described it when I first started was that I was like a walking head. Like I didn't really have much connection to what was beneath my shoulders. So, um, that's all, all signs. If you, if you feel really numb and kind of spaced out and, and not, not in your body, that's, that's a, a good sign that some, um, embodiment work, somatic work would be a benefit. Yeah. I love it. I know for, for my experience with burnout is I feel, I get up in the morning and I have the list of things to do. And like, in my mind, I'm like, I literally just can't. Mm -hmm. that's the feeling of like, there's so much resistance because I'm just so tired and burnt out. I don't use the word burnout a lot because I feel like it's thrown around as this like, oh, just burn out. I'm just burnt out. You're going to get burnt out. Like you just hear it so much. And it's like, what does that actually mean? And mm -hmm. that's why I always ask that, like, what does it actually yeah. look like in people's lives? And like you said, it can manifest so many different ways. And for, for me, it was always just like, I literally just cannot today. I'll like seek every way to procrastinate doing something because I literally just cannot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just asking yourself what that feels like in your body too. Yeah. It was really important to start to recognize the, the, the signs and, and sensations within your body. Cause like you said, it could just be kind of like a blanket statement. Like I'm burnt out, like tired, like what does that tired actually feel like exactly like what is actually happening and what are you actually doing because you're burnout and then you have to make that conscious decision to be like okay I'm going to change something because I don't want to feel this way anyway anymore I feel like a lot of women while they don't want to they still walk around and they're just like identifying with the burnout I know this is something that I really experienced when I moved to Mexico was I went from being like, when people asked me, how are you? I'd be like, I'm stressed. And it was like, that was my go-to answer was like, because it was like this, this like badge of honor to just be stressed out and be doing all these things and be busy. And then when I went to Mexico, I had shed all of the stress and I was like, wow, I feel so much better. And I was like, I'm never going to identify as being stressed. So now you'll unless it slips, I will never say when someone says, how are you? It's like, mm -hmm. it's never stressed. So, yeah. but it's just becoming aware of it. I feel like so many people walk around and they're not even aware of the numb feeling. So how can someone check in with themselves and find their emotional state? Because when they've been in that for so long, it's so normal. 
Yeah. So one of the things that has been really helpful for me is when I first started in meditation, I had a really, really hard time. I got super frustrated because I wasn't able to sit for like five minutes and like, yeah, be quiet. And like my, it was, it was like counterproductive. It felt like, because my brain would just go even more. And so, um, what I like to share about is um, what I call the presence pie. And it's really um, three different things. And I hope it's not too technical, but I'll just go for it. So proprioception, interoception, and extraoception. And what that actually does for you is it helps you to have kind of three points to check in with. And um, especially in the beginning, I found it really helpful, the first and the last of so the P and the E, because uh, proprioception was really all about like how I was in the environment. So like, how is my posture? How am I holding myself in this space? Um, so it's, it's not, it's not within me emotional. It's just like, what is my body language telling? Like, cause you could be like, oh yeah, I feel really good, but you're like hunched over and there's yeah. like, it, it's not really right. So sometimes we can be speaking things, but it's not really that's not what we're, um, embodying. So, um, yeah, that's the first one. Proprioception is a great way to just kind of check in with like how you're holding yourself. Um, and then interoception, you're, you're going inward and you're just kind of getting present with what emotions might be present. And some of the ways that I was able to identify my emotions, the easiest was through the kind of sensations I was having. So if I was upset, I might be feeling like a um, tightness in my throat. And so I started to associate different sensations with different emotions. And um, like sometimes when I was like super overwhelmed and anxious and even in panic attacks, like you're not really able to identify um, without practice. And so I, I eventually was able to, oh, I can, my throat, that must mean like, I'm, I'm really sad or something. So it's just developing that introception. How am I really, um, check-in and then, and, uh, sorry. And then extraception is how the environment is interacting with you. So you're checking in, those are your classic five senses. So things that you're smelling, things that you're seeing, um, you know, things that you're sensing on your skin. And that's just a way to like ground you back into the space. And, um, it's just important to kind of have those, those three different things, three different tools that you can use because a regular orientation practice is so important, um, to just kind of identify like how, how you really are and, and how the outer world is having an impact on you as well. So, yeah, that's what I would say if, uh, is, is a key thing when you're, when you're starting out, it's just like build that, uh, that self-awareness. Yeah. And you can take that awareness of self. And when you apply it to a relationship, it really does benefit even relationships with your family and relationships with your parents and relationships with friends and, and intimate relationships, because when you're aware of how you're feeling, then you can like moderate certain types of uh responses because if you're mm -hmm. like feeling like this and you don't understand why you're feeling like this 
you can like lash out at people because you're like, exactly. I just don't feel good. And you don't yeah. know why, and you don't know what will help. And then you're just in that space. And that used to be where I was like for a long time in my early twenties was I just had taken on so much stress and, and, and embodied this image of stress. And mm-hmm. it, it was just so normal that I didn't realize, you know, how yeah. to break free of it. And then it would just be like, like putting that on my partners and other people because I didn't feel well, but that's, it's pretty important. And I feel like there's becoming so much more awareness of it with TikTok and these, these short form content, like people can learn it, like other people's stories on, in a way that we never could. Yeah. It's almost like giving yourself a, a, a bird's eye view. It's mm-hmm. a way to just kind of like zoom out of the situation. And um, like I said, sometimes when, when I, when I was first starting, the only tool I was really offered was meditation and going inward wasn't the best way. So I started with, you know, the, just tuning into my senses and looking around and, and that was, um, a better way for me to go inward and, um, definitely discover the triggers. Cause with the triggers, when you're aware of the triggers, um, like it, it changes how you interact with, with the, your kids, with your partner, because, you know, you've, you kind of understand where they're coming from. And like, I, I like simple things. Like I used to, well, I still do. I have a really hard time when the house is a mess, but, and, and I'd lash out on my partner and my kids, but it's because I have a story like that. If I, if my house is a mess, it means that I'm mentally a mess. And so that's a lot to put on like a six-year-old or an eight-year-old kid, you know, they don't understand that. So it's important that, that we build that self-awareness. And, um, like I said, like, the the to bring it back to cycle awareness <laughs> as women there's different times that you're gonna be um even when it comes to that self-exploration and that self-awareness and healing work like in in the fall and the winter seasons are gonna be the best time to do that because there's no hiding in the fall yeah. <laughs> like everything comes out so yeah it's a great place to start is to really track your cycle and and go from there yeah. And going back to the, like the emotional and energy energetic part of the fall season is mm-hmm. I realized that there's two to two to three days in the fall season where the, all the emotions tend to come up and it legit is just like, I wake up and I'm like, why do I feel all the emotions at the same time? And it's like, you want to be happy, cry and be angry all at the same time. And you're like, why is this happening? And sometimes I feel like a lot of like for myself, maybe for a lot of women, it's like, am I depressed? Am I going crazy? But when yeah. you realize that it's just that part of your cycle, it's in again, empowering because you you know, you're going to move through it. Like you mentioned earlier. And it's like, um, oh, this is just going to be for a couple of days. It's not really me. That's the other thing is like disassociating from, from it, because like, this isn't really the real me. This is just part of the cycle. And so you're like, I'm not really crazy. I'm not really emotionally um, unstable. It's just like, this is just part of the cycle. And now that I can take that bird's eye view, like you said, and disassociate from it, then not so much disassociate in the way that like people dissociate from their body, but just like not identify with it. Like, yeah. The identity of just like you were identifying with stress, but that it wasn't Mm -hmm. really, that's, that's one small piece of you. Right. And it's not, um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a matter of perspective. Like same thing. I dreaded just like most women, because you think you're crazy, like, um, the fall season. And now I like, I'm so grateful for it because I'm like, Oh, well, honestly, it's, it's your most authentic. Like I said, there's no hiding and and that fall season, like everything that needs to come out and be shed, it's an opportunity to do that. And so it's so important to work with that season and, and, and honor your shadows as well, because when, if you're able to shed that, then you can go into relaxation and rejuvenation mode, and then you can come back in your spring. It's, it's all, it's all good. Every season has a gift to offer you. And it's just really about shifting that perspective of, you know, not dreading those, those times in the, in the month and celebrating, like, it's freaking amazing to be a woman, honestly, (laughs) like our cycle is our power. It's magical. We have so many gifts and opportunities within it. And I just, yeah, I just wish that everyone had access to the more empowering information about it. Oh, absolutely. Because again, like, I feel like most women feel very disempowered and icky about it. And the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up is you had said in the fall season, you can shed certain things. And I wanted, I had kind of this aha is recently I have three more weeks before I go to Mexico. And that means I'm going to be leaving my boyfriend behind for quite a bit of time. And so through that fall season, all of those emotions of like, oh my God, I'm leaving soon. And like, I have all these things to do all start coming up where I'd been managing it quite well. And then I just started crying and all the things. And so it made it so we had to have a conversation about this impending thing. Is that what you yeah. mean by like shedding some of these things? Yeah. 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 And, and releasing the shame around crying too. Like, crying is also a gift. Like we need to get, we, there's, there's so many layers of, of that shame and that conditioning that, that we have the possibility of releasing, um, you know, by honoring that, that fall season. And like you said, it's not like it was a conversation that you wouldn't like you were, it was a matter of time, but it's, that fall season that brings on that truth. And then, and uh, it's just about navigating healthy ways to communicate those things. And sometimes when we're not aware of what season we're at, or we haven't like spent the time to kind of, um, you know, journal out or explore them on our own first, that's when the the troubles can arise, but it's all good. Like there's, it, it has to come out and um yeah, I'm I'm glad that you were able to have that conversation because the other thing is, is that a lot a lot of times we'll keep it in and we won't say anything and then it just stays within us and unfortunately when we do that a lot that manifests into illness in our body and, and stuck energy and we don't want any of that. So yeah, yeah. Okay, well we'll wrap this up and where can listeners find you? Um, so I'm at rise and embody on Instagram, but, uh, we have an awesome Facebook community, the rise women community. If you want to come check us out there, I do, um, like a movement Monday practice. I always encourage moving the body. It's not exercise. It's really more about somatic movement. If you're interested more, um, in that, and then any upcoming courses and and our weekly live shows, um, with guests are, are hosted through there as well. So the rise women community on Facebook. Awesome. And I'll make sure to drop the link in the show notes so they can go and join your awesome community. And with that, do you have any final last words for everybody? 
Um, just to get tracking. Like I know that a lot of this can be overwhelming, but I think the the first step to do is to just either get an app or um just start journaling on you know, where you're at each day and, and the benefits and it'll, it'll pay off, but just start with that first simple step. And, um, you know, if, if ever you need support, you know, where to reach out and thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and we'll talk again soon. We will. Okay. Bye.